What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise, of course, joins my co-host, the one, the only, Biko! Hello. Hey, guys. Um, welcome again. It's Tuesday. Um, of course, this episode is going to be a little, like, newsworthy. Um, but like I said, we've got a lot of things planned. We also want to let you know that we have a Patreon. Like, again, if you go to patreon.com slash talkpot, you can support the podcast as little as two bucks. Um, for two dollars, you get to name your own topic. Also, get credit for it on the air. And we'll do it. As simple as that, two bucks. For eight dollars, not only get your topic, but you also get a discount at our, at our merch store. So you get a promo code you get to use anytime you want. It does not expire. You save it. You can get save it all the way to... You know, your friend's birthday, or save it for Christmas. That promo code does not expire. And also, if you go with the top one, the top tier, not only you get the discount, you get the shutout, but you also get access to Patreon-exclusive movie commentaries, which Biko and I will partake in certain films that we enjoy. So if you watch, if you love that particular film, and you want to hear our opinions about it as we commentate through the film's duration, like we did the Mario Brothers one, that's a Patreon exclusive for Tier 3 members. Not only that, you can also get a personalized message from either myself or Biko, kind of like Cameo. So, like, say, you know, one of your relatives is, like, graduating or something, and you want to send a personal personal message to them, but you're too nervous and you want us to do it, we'll do it for you. Or birthday greetings, or Hanukkah greetings, whatever. <laughs> like I said, we'll do whatever we can. You help us, we'll help you. So, once again, it's patreon.com. Slash talk pop. All right, let's get going. The biggest thing today, I was going through social media today. One thing that hit on Facebook, and I'm part of this Facebook group called My Comic Book Family. Um, he, somebody, one of the members there shared like the biggest news that basically DC Comics and DC Universe got hit with super layoffs, dude. Um, pretty much, you know, Warner, it's been documented for the past few weeks that Warner Media is going to a restructure. Um, they're doing a major restructuring of the whole company right now. Um, of course, you know, COVID doesn't help either. Um, this is the one thing, this is from Variety. It was from yesterday, but barely a lot of people are trying to get more information as I went out. Basically, according to Variety, this article is written by Lane Lowe, and pretty much she wrote that DC Comics and streaming service DC Universe have been impacted by parent company WarnerMedia's corporate realignment with layoffs at both units. But a source tells Reddit that through Warner Media streamlining efforts, the DC brand will actually be expanding with DC Chief Creator Officer Jim Lee overseeing creative of all DC-related growth in the company. At DC Comics Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris, Editors Brian Cunningham, Mark Doyle, Senior VP of Publishing Strategies, Support Services, Hank Canals, VP of Marketing, Jonah Whalen, Vice President of Global Publishing Initiatives, Bobby Chase have all exited as part of the restructuring. So they lost a bunch of people. Bunch of high personnel people. DC Universe employees have also been significantly impacted by personnel reduction. If you think about it, because a lot of the so-called DC Universe stuff, it's moving over to HBO Max. Because if you think about it, you know, like Doom Patrol got moved to HBO Max, and now the cartoon Harley Quinn's game moved to HBO Max. I wouldn't be surprised if this DC Universe is just going to go back to just being just a comic book service. Because yeah. originally, supposedly... It was supposed to be, you know, you can watch DC shows, you can watch, you know, you get access to the comics, like digital comics, and, you know, it supports them. But now it's like, 
with HBO Max, they're trying like Watermania is trying to put more of their effort to it. Because I mean, you got Crunchyroll putting their stuff on there. A lot of the, um, a lot of, like the original programming, like I said, Doom Patrol went on there. Harley Quinn, the first season, was supposed to go on there as well. It's supposed to be joining HBO Max. And of course, my favorite new show I love on HBO Max right now because we got the trial right now is Close Enough got you for season two. Oh, cool. So, congratulations, J.G. Quintel on the show. Freaking hilarious, guys. Definitely check it out close enough. But, I mean, with this, it's like... Even Stargirl is moving from DC Universe to broadcast on the CW. And that was supposed to be an original program for it. So, it's like a 100 layoffs and stuff. It's like, like I said, they're going through restructure. I don't know. I mean, I'm more of a Marvel comics person. But, it's like, this kind of sucks, especially with DC, you know. Yeah, because yeah, honestly, this is something, you know... They tried hard to catch up tomorrow when it comes to like film and entertainment. I mean, they knocked out of the ballpark with the shows they had in the CW, like Arrow, The Flash. Those shows are great. Yeah, what kind of hurt them with that was the films. Yeah. That's what it was. Because honestly, they pretty much bum-rushed. They just suck at movies. Because honestly, don't get me wrong, Jack Snyder's a good director, but... Point one person in charge of the whole universe versus Marvel where they had a variety of different directors, writers, who were able to find ways to connect the universes versus just having one person do it. I mean, DC, you had the rights of every character. You had to go be like Marvel and jump through so many hoops, go right around the movie rights just to get these characters to fit into the universe. You had time to develop Superman. Don't get me wrong, Man Steel was good. And... It just, to me, was rushed to, hey, we're going to have Batman Superman fight. Like, why would you push it to that? Oh, we're going to add Justice League after. Why? You should have done was Superman first. And then, you know, push it off. Introduce Wonder Woman. Introduce Aquaman. Introduce The Flash. And Cyborg. Then eventually have Batman Superman fight. You know, you got to develop that. And then do a big Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. But I just felt... They decide, you know, that because all oh, because the Avengers stuff, but think about it. If you compare that model to the Marvel model, Marvel knocked that apart by slowly building universe. First, you had to start with Iron Man. Why um, Nick Fury's looking at him to start the Avengers initiative? Why? What was the, what was the why did Tony Stark became the thing that was going to unite everybody? And then, of course, you got to introduce, you know, Incredible Hulk. How does Bruce Banner get involved with it? How does Tony Stark get involved with the project as well? Because you watch Incredible Hulk. That usually takes place thing after Iron Man 2, but... By then, how does Captain America fit in? How does Thor fit in? It, it, to me, that happened more naturally. Versus here, okay, we did Man of Steel. Let's do Batman vs. Superman right away. Which, to me, is like, they come in... It, it was a clusterfuck. And then they pretty much, you know, add so many comic storylines into one thing. Mm. Which, to me, like I said, we saw it in theaters. It was a mess. And it's, you know... I'm a big Batman fan. I grew up on Batman. I love Batman. Yeah, I saw Superman, but, you know, it hurt me. It pained me as a fan of Batman to see that. Don't get me wrong. I love Ben Affleck. He's, he was, honestly, he was okay as Batman. Because mm-hmm. he was portrayed kind of like that Frank Miller, Dark Knight Return Batman. That's what the look was they were trying to go for. But honestly, dude, it was just, I don't know, it was just poor writing. Mm-hmm. And Rush, little character development. Because honestly, the only thing my man had motivation against Superman was what happened in the first movie. It was a fall off and a destruction. Mm. Between the fight between Zod and Superman. That was it. You know, Wonder Woman, I don't know how she fit into that. 
Yeah, me. Lex Luthor too. It's yeah, like yeah. not even Luthor. Like I don't know how Luthor guys like. Oh, I'm, I'm like I had. I'm gonna get through, man. I'm gonna get part of people. I'm like, yeah, you didn't even feature him in the first film. How you expect him to already hate Superman? Yeah, he wasn't even featured in the first film. It was to me, like I said, it was a rush job. Yeah, and look what's going on now. It's impacting DC. Now it's you know. Marvel is still going. They're still they're, they're thriving when it comes to comics and stuff. DC, they tried so many times to rebirth the universe over again. And they did. And they did a fine job. The comic book universe is great because they got so many great writers. But now a lot of the entertainment division, they're getting, it's impacted the comic division to the point they have to do layoffs. They have to let people go. Mm-hmm. And it, it sucks. I feel bad for the people that are getting you know, let go because of, the, because of the bullshit that Warner Media is doing. And apparently, you know, I understand AT&T bomb, but like AT&T, come on, dude. <laughs> I understand trying to turn Warner Media into a big, you know, entertainment conglomerate like how Disney did. But what Disney did was Disney pretty much they had one person set up in each of the entertainment divisions, and they let the entertainment to do themselves, guard themselves. They just needed somebody they're solicited in and see what deals they're pushing through. That's all they do. But like Warner Media, you had no excuse. You had DC. You have the collection of the most popular heroes you have. Yeah. You just, I just felt that you guys didn't properly manage them right. But I feel for you guys. It, it sucks that you know DC's being hit. Like I heard DC Direct got canceled as well, and oh, really? yeah, they canceled that because of layoffs, and sure. you know, and then this. And another thing we want to point out too, it was broken today that um, New York Comic Con. It's not going to be a physical event. It is going to be digital. Mm. But you see, that's the biggest convention following like Comic Con. So for right now, that's the next one. It's going to follow the same way. They're going to do digital, like they've been doing for the last ones. You know, they're going to have access to like the vendors and stuff and panels. Hopefully, New York Comic Con would do live panels, live streaming panels, versus what Comic Con did with the pre-taped ones. Mm. Actually, have fan interaction. They should do a live stream. They have Twitch. All you have to do is live Twitch or YouTube. Just set up a YouTube page. Set up a notification. People who subscribe to it, they get off a of, hey. And they're like, hey, we're going to go join us on a chat or something. Have someone moderate the chat. That way they can fill questions to whatever panel they're doing. Just add that little interactivity because, that, like I said, that was something else missing from Comic-Con. I don't want to go back to Comic-Con because we did a whole episode of that when we review about it, but... Like I said, that sucks for like New York Comic Con because that's like the biggest one. It's done by the same group, uh, Repop, who does you know C2E2 in Chicago. They do Emerald City Comic Con. Um, but it, it kind of sucks, you know. That, like I said, this is how it is right now for, for mm-hmm. the next year, basically. Like, they see this whole year sucks, but it's like... Well, it to us. Yeah, pretty much. It, like, it, 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 it pretty much sucks. But um, one thing, too, another thing I saw that uh, apparently... Um, they're moving forward with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot. What? They're going to reboot it? Yeah, oh, but Will Smith will serve. God damn it. from IGN. Uh, IGN oh, and many other outlets. Oh. <laughs> yeah, according to IGN, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air may return to the airways at long last, but not in the form you expect. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the series is being rebooted with a darker, more dramatic tone. The new series is being developed by Matthew Cooper, who achieved internet fame in March 2019, release of Bel Air, an unlicensed fall trailer for proposed Fresh Prince reboot. That trailer seems to be, it looks like it had, had a desired effect with teacher reporting that Cooper's work caught the eye of original series star Will Smith. The reboot is also going to be titled Bel Air, 
and is going to be co-production between Smith's Westbrook Studios and Universal Television. So right now, as those customers have been announced, and Quincy Jones will be uh, original series careers, Andy Susman Berwitz, and producers Smith, Quincy Jones, and Benny Medina were also executive produce the show. Though cast members have been announced, and it's unclear if any of the actors from the Bel Air trailer will return. I guess it was like a fan trailer or something of it, so we'll have to be curious to see what this is going to be about. So yeah. They're making like a drama. Can nothing be sacred anymore? <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing like Saved by the Bell, they decided to reboot that and have <sighs> a little drama in it, but um, yeah. it's that, we'll see, right? Yeah, that's something I saw. God that. damn it. <laughs> Everything I like gets the reboot, and it's always, oh. Oh, look at this. Look what your kind of did. Hmm. Right now. They said the panels are going to be live YouTube panels. So they're going to do live ones? Uh-oh. Okay, well, that should be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Some people are going to start crashing that shit if it's on Zoom. It says, yeah, New York City Comic Con 2020 will be an all-digital event with live YouTube panels. And once you see and repop announced that it's usually a massive in-person event hall at the Javits Center in your city will step be digital this year's result of ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. It says it'll take place in October, but instead of watching panels and the exhibition center panels will be held live on YouTube. So hopefully, like I said, if it's saying you're claiming it's going to be live, hopefully they'll be able to stream them. Mm. They'll be able to do uh, live uh, questionnaires and stuff on there too. That'd be great. So... Keep our eyes open, guys, when, um, looks like it's going to be October 8th to the 11th. I guess they're joining the asses. This is a statement from Repop. Um, they said, um, this is their statement. Here we go. They got a statement from the Repop group. And that'd be, it's, it's, it's a, NY New York City Comic Con should stop because we can't do what we've done in the past. Kobe sent a statement instead. We look to the future. We may, we may not be meeting in the queue hall each morning. But we're excited to join forces for our sister event, MCM Comic Con in London, to bring New York City, New York Comic Con to Metaverse. A new online portal dedicated to delivering pop culture experiences right to your home, New York City weekend, October 18th alone. So it looks like they'll have like, they'll have announcements coming soon and building to like the vendors and stuff, so that at least the vendors will be able to sell stuff. Hmm. At least. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Besides that freshman's. Uh-oh, Halo Infinite delayed to 2021. Yep. God damn it. Another thing sad gets fucking even sadder. <laughs> Xbox Series X release confirmed for November release window. Okay. Okay, and there's one thing I want to talk about this game called Fall Guys. Because that's like the biggest thing right now because I've been Twitch streaming and every time I get back out or somebody's Twitch streaming Fall Guys... Luckily, PlayStation is offering was offering for free for if you're a PlayStation Plus member. I don't know what this Fall Guys is. To be honest with you guys, I'm guessing it's it's not like a battle royale. Let me look it up because honestly, it's like one of those big things where apparently um, they're calling it a fumble royale. Okay, let's see what it is. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout flings hordes of contestants together online in a mad dash to run escalating class until a single victory remains. But I think you could do like teams too. I think you could do like squads. Oh, you can? Yeah, it's like a squad thing. Um, it looks like I got even mini games too. 
But I guess I'm looking basically. I'm trying to see all this review. Okay. That gender review. They gave it eight. Alright. Pretty much, instead of C4s, my CV steering clear, she's been barbered. Okay. Media Tonics, family friendly formulas, call for bouncy with the fresh air, takes a different, less explosive approach to Battle Royales without losing any attention. Instead of C4s, vitamin C. You'll be seeing clear as you bombard with monstrosity, overgrown oranges, and one of the most 2000 game show like events the vast majority of these mini games hit the mark, offering vibrant and frustration equal amounts. Couple them with a vibrant aesthetic and a brain. So basically, it looks like it's kind of like, uh, oh, okay, it looks like they pretty much this game's like a almost like it's taking inspiration from the show Wipeout and Takeshi's Castle, where pretty much, uh, I guess you go. It says, give your way your custom jelly bean avatar through five rounds of inflammable carnage. You'll have a shot at taking home the crown. Each match is framed as an episode and lasts about 15 minutes. At most, which really drives home that TV show feel. The controls are simply simple running, jumping, diving, grabbing as your only tools to navigate obstacle courses, avoid enemies, or cling on for dear life in the more survivor center events. Having a limit, you have the option to watch those remaining battle it out for double title while the music equipment and glycerin is poured into your ears. Okay. So it's kind of like almost like a game show type gaming thing where you make like jelly bean type characters. Mm. And I saw like you can actually do like teams too, so. That's cool. <laughs> but apparently there's news saying that KFC and Walmart won't want and more want to be in, with, involved with the good with the Fall Guys thing. I guess. Oh, they like, do? They like branding and stuff probably. Mm. Some uh, KFC gaming, I guess they have a gaming Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I guess there's a thing where like a jelly bean mm-hmm. avatar dresses the colonel apparently. What the mm-hmm. heck? Oh my god. Walmart has one. Someone did a Walmart can't get hey ball guys, how do we get a Walmart vest because it's medic into your game? But you can get like costumes and stuff. Wow. For your jelly bean avatar, but mm. That's uh, weird. I don't know man, it's like oh I mean I got it for free because you know I'm a PlayStation Plus member. It's more advertising. It's probably like more advertising, so... I don't think KFC on the gaming thing, but... Well, they had that dating sim thing they did with the colonel. <laughs> you basically try to flirt with the colonel. Like, it was like a Japanese uh, sim game. Dating sim game. It's real, dude. It's a real game that KFC actually backed. That's weird. It's not Steam, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's funny as hell. That's, that's just weird. Netflix replaces intro sound with original Hot and Simmer score for movies playing in theaters. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Trying to see what else is like a big thing besides that. Um, not really walking that much. Uh, sorry, guys. This is. Those are like the one things that kind of like saw like stood out to me was those um was those oh yeah apparently Ninja went back to Twitch oh he did yeah looks like he returned to Twitch after being on for so long was of course you know like if you guys realize Mixer like went down and pretty much Microsoft decided to leave it to Facebook Gaming mm. so Ninja of course he went to YouTube first and then um. I think over the weekend, he streamed on Twitch for the first time in a while. Mm. Oh, yeah. Amazon rebrands Twitch Prime to Prime Gaming. Okay.
Wait, so did he sign a contract with them, or? I don't know if he signed a contract with them, or he just decided to stream on there again. He just started streaming? I think he just started streaming again. Let me let me see if it's, uh, if he's just doing it just, let me see. Ninja. I'm not sure he got a lot of people watching either way. Let me see if it says that he... Surprise. I mean, not that he has to do a contract with them, but I'm sure he's getting offers. Especially if he's back on streaming on there. Which I'm sure he still had the same setup, so I mean, it couldn't be any. It couldn't be too hard to get back into it with Twitch. But I heard it. Well, it was like six days ago, but that was like the one thing from like last weekend that was one of the news things. Mm. It says here Ninja's back on Twitch for the moment at least. Tyler and Ninja Evans. Start, okay, this article's from uh, The Verge. The Verge. The Verge. Um, started streaming Fortnite on his Twitch account Wednesday morning, a year to the day after he led the search for an exclusivity deal with Mixers. The first time Apple Evans has streamed on Twitch since leaving. Of course, when Mixer shutting down last month, Ninja has been released from his contract and it's free to stream where he liked. So far, he's seen me testing the waters and showing streaming services that he's still capable of pulling and impressive numbers. His Twitch stream near 100,000 viewers just 15 minutes after went live. His debut stream YouTube last month now had more than 4 million views. It says here, there's no indication that Blevins has an exclusivity deal with Twitch or any other platform at the point. After signing Mixer, Ninja kicked off a contract battle as the biggest platforms completed to lock down up top streamers. With Mixer, Microsoft's big budget out of the picture, it's not clear how much he'll continue, but it's still a huge competition in space. YouTube and Facebook gaming have grown significantly over the past year with no place he's required to be. Levin seems to be checking out his options. So he's pretty much like, I think he's just pretty much demonstrating, you know, who wants to sign him exclusively wise. Cool. But it's not bad, you know, he's trying to show that, hey, he can still draw numbers. Yeah. Because honestly, that's the first time I heard when he got that exclusivity deal with the stream services. Like, it's like a big thing to get a contract with them, gain that budget and everything. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But that's one thing I saw like over the weekend. Uh, so no contract, but yeah, he's just pretty much like you know, he's like pretty much like Twitch as a streaming platform in general. So yeah, kind of went back onto it. Like he did, he did some part of YouTube and then some on Twitch. So I think he's just showing. Oh, he went through YouTube too. So I don't know if he's gonna do a Facebook gaming as well. So I wonder if he's just jumping from each one just to show like these services that hey, he can still draw like fans or viewers. So that's one thing I saw. Um, I was gonna say. Uh, trying to see here. Oh wow! Control announced uh, some dubcasts for for uh, for their summer animes. Let me pull that up. A little anime news, guys. Um, Crunchyroll announced that English dubcast and August premiere dates for Monster Girl Doctor, The God of High School, Rent a Girlfriend, and the second season of ReZero, starting in Life in a Row on Tuesday. Says here, according to Anime News Network, Crunchyroll launched the English dub of the television show Monster Girl Doctor Light Novel Series on August 16th. New episodes will debut every Sunday. Dubcast includes. Oh, well, these I know most of these voice actors, so that's kind of cool. Um, English dub of television anime Yonji Parks, which is you know, you watch God of High School. Uh, will premiere on August 24th. The episodes will debut on Monday. Um, and I got some good names. And English dub uh, Reggie Reggie Miyajima's Rent a Girlfriend with manga will uh, will launch on Crunchyroll August twenty eighth. Yo, episodes will be on Friday. Mm-hmm. Dubcast includes. Mm-hmm. Trying to see if I can recognize some of these names. I don't even recognize someone like Kira Broccoli. I know her. Brianna Nickerbox is another one. I know her too. Eric Mendez, Erica Mendez, and just another voice actor. Voice actor I've seen on here as well. 
And um, I'm looking forward to see how they'll sound. I mean, I watched all these. Um, got up high school. I always saw the first episode. I had to go back and so pretty much uh, subscribe to Webtoon and get the read the manga. Because what I read so far, based on the reviews, like a lot of people saying the anime does skip a lot of chapters. And if you check it out, Webtoon guys, it's really cool because it's like it's basically it's their guide to comics and manga from like Korea and other countries, but they translate into so many languages. Mm. But you get like God of High School, a lot of stuff ever since like Crunchyroll signed a deal with um, Webtoon. Um, they're bringing a lot of their works into anime form. And these are collaborations, so they're coming. They're going into Crunchyroll Originals banner. So, yeah, God of High School is one of them. Another one is Tower of God, which is also on Webtoon manga as well. And it's really cool because what I like about the the app itself, you can do it on your tablet or your phone, and basically we leave off it bookmarks for you, so you can always go back. And they also give you suggestions on what the next one to read. Oh, that's cool. And then there's ones where you can actually subscribe, and some of them you can actually they have um, you can donate to the artist as well. If you want to support even more, I think they do the donations to the artist as well. But they didn't make it available for free, and they'll, they'll give you notifications, and like they'll let you know when the next chapter is available. So definitely check it out. I was like, glad to do I use it. Next time I start reading out of high school, I'm like, it looks so good. Like the artwork's amazing, and it's in color too. So it depends on the artist. Sometimes you do the color, sometimes you do black and white. But this was in color, and it's like digital, so it's like you know, like a web comic. It's really good. That's cool. Definitely check it out. There's like webtoon, but. Yeah, I've seen God of High School's been picking up pace as well. Um, and of course, you know, for gaming wise, um, before I do that, let me go over for my um, anime recommendation for the week. Because I always do a, a recommendation for you guys. Um, the one thing I do want to recommend is um, I keep saying My Hero Academia. I don't know if I ever say My Hero Academia is a recommendation, but I might as well do it because, you know, it's going to be a while until we get season five. But if you guys have time, definitely check out My Hero Academia. It's one of the biggest, you know. Right now, it's getting a lot of fans here in the West because, you know, I think because of the whole superhero genre, because honestly, um, the creator took his inspiration from DC and Marvel. So it's like one of those rare superhero style mangas. Because usually mangas are like, you know, fantasy worlds like demons or like based on, you know, fairy tales and stuff. Into something that's based on superheroes, which is kind of cool. So, and one thing, it's kind of related why I'm recommending My Hero Academia again. Uh, I don't know if I did it the first time, but I'm definitely going to say it again. It's one of my top animes of my list. Um, basically, the whole premise of My Hero Academia, if you guys haven't heard it or read it, we've been living under a rock for the last like four years because it's been around since 2016, but the anime came out in 2017. Hmm. No, in 2014, and the anime just came out in 2016, but. Hey, <laughs> Um, pretty much, um, it follows, uh, basically the whole world's population, about 80% of people in the world's population develop these abilities on those quirks. They can develop as little as when they're kids. And, um, it follows this young man named Izuka Midoriya. He's a 14-year-old. Just graduated, he's graduating, um, high school, uh, not, uh, junior high. And, um, pretty much, he's one of those rare cases where he does not develop a quirk. He's basically quirkless. But his big, you know, goal was to become a hero. And, of course, he follows All Might, who is the number one symbol of peace. So, basically, it, this story is about his journey, um, how he becomes the world's greatest hero. Um, the manga is really great. I pretty much caught up on the manga itself. I can't wait for volume 25. The artwork is amazing. Um, the anime is phenomenal. Like, Studio Bones does a phenomenal job with the animation. 
And I enjoy both the sub and the dub. I believe Funimation did a great job of getting the right voice actors. I mean, you got Christopher Sabat as All Might, which he does really well to try to match the inflections of the Japanese voice actor for All Might. Even Justin Briner trying to get like the high, almost like the highest pitch possible to match you know, the voice actor for um, Deku for Izuku Midoriya in the Japanese one as well. A lot of, like you can't hardly tell any difference between the two versions because they do a really good job for like the dub actors do a really good job to try and match the inflections and the pitch of these Japanese voice actors. Um, but it holds up pretty well, so you can enjoy it either way. You can either enjoy a dub or you can enjoy a sub. It's up to you guys. Um, right now, the anime is uh, four seasons. There's two films. Um, the second film is being released on Blu-ray, I believe, in October. I already got it pre-ordered. But there's a first film called Two Heroes. Definitely pick that up. Um, and it's they announced more films as well as were announced. And they're developing the universe. And on the season five will be out, I believe, it's being out next year. I didn't impression it back because the Japanese voice actor for Bakugo had to take time off because he had throat surgery. So he's resting and they want to wait until, you know, he gets back to work. And of course with COVID and stuff. So they're pushing that season to like next year, as I, far as I know. Um, but they are, they did announce this week, um, this coming week, later this week, um, they're releasing an OVA. Which will be available sub, not only uh, it's going to be available in Japan, but will also be available on Funimation now. And Crunchyroll, they're actually going to have the OVA as soon as it finishes airing in Japan. That way you guys can see it, that way everyone can see it the same day it came out. And the OVA pretty much takes place somewhere between, like in season 3 or 4, around uh, that time. But it's kind of cool. I like when they do these OVAs because kind of like one of those like original ideas, they call it. That's why original video animation meaning it's an original story, but something to link the bridge the gap a little bit. They did that when they were promoting, um, they did a little promo one where it was linked to the first um, My Hero film. I think they did the same thing for the second film, I believe, too, as well. They did, like, a little transition to it. But usually when they do, like, anime films, sometimes they're, like, their original works, and they do work with the manga creator. Um, but normally, sometimes they're not canon. Mm-hmm. But I like for the fact that these animes, they do mention them a little bit. Like Dragon Ball Super Dragon Ball Super Broly was actually canon. It actually follows that the end of the Dragon Ball series. Dragon Ball Super, even though the manga is still going on, but it, it's canon because that introduced Broly being a canon character. Um, but like I said, check out My Hero Academia. The four seasons are out there. The first one's out there. Like I said, the second film is supposed to be on digital and Blu-ray. I think in October. Um, you can check out My Hero Academia on you know Crunchyroll, Funimation now, Hulu. I believe those are the three right now that they're on. I think you can buy it digital as well. Do like the PlayStation Store, the Xbox Store. You can buy the seasons on there or your Blu-ray, DVD. If you want to have a copy for you guys. Um, like I said, it's one of those big things. Like the merchandise. Like I said, the other yesterday, um, I went to the store. I went to Box Lunch, which that's the reason why I want to talk about here. Was I went to Box Lunch, which is like um, it's a store. It's a pop culture centric store, kind of like Hot Topic. But they cared to basically, they had a whole section of My Hero Academia stuff that was kind of cool because it's like, there's very few anime stores around here. It's very few. Hmm. It's like, you gotta go to Fi, go to Hot Topic to get like a lot of Japanese. I mean, you can go online, but it's like, the big, the best way that I like about having a having a license or have the license to speak to missionaries. So that's kind of cool. Right. So I ended up picking up, you know, the Age of Heroes um, Uraraka PVC figure, which is really cool. Um, 
And I got an Epic t-shirt with the, it was a class secret book photo of the class 1A from My Hero Academia. I'm getting that shirt because it was only a box launch exclusive. Well, it's cool about box launch, guys. We're not being sponsored by them, but I read that for every dollar, every certain amount, they donate a meal to Feeding America. Oh, that's good. And the certain amount. So that's why the slogan is like, you buy some, you give some, basically. So based on every dollar amount or certain dollar amounts, they'll donate a meal to uh, Feeding America. So definitely check it out. They got like a bunch of merch. They got like, now with my name, they got like Naruto, they got anime, they got, you know, Nickelodeon stuff, they got like Avatar, they got movie stuff too. But I like the fact they had everything organized by like, you know, by what rights they have to. What uh, merchandise uh, licenses they have. So they got Funko Pops as well. Um, and of course, uh, Biko and I ended up picking like Funko Pops last week. Yeah. Um, because Barnes and Noble was having a sale. <laughs> they had like a two for ten deal and... Of course, um, I ended up picking up a Retsuko from the anime. Definitely check it out on Netflix. Um, I got that popped all anime. Uh, Biko, you got up getting like a Kiss doll, a Kiss one. Yeah, we got a cat me. And definitely, guys. Um, and then one thing. Speaking of Funko Pops, uh, they finally announced they were releasing uh, How Much Your Butter Funko Pops. And right now, they did the first wave, which is so far what I saw. They're probably going to talk about. They're probably going to show more on New York City Comic Con. The digital- <laughs> The digital event. But right now I saw that um they pretty much have um Barney Stinson with the with the glass of bourbon, holding a bag glass of bourbon. And um Ted Mosby holding the blue French horn. And he's in a suit that's from the we took the French horn. Yeah. I wait to see if they have the other ones. Hopefully they'll have like Robin Sparkles. <laughs> Funko Pop or Lily, when she, uh, if they have Lily, it'd be cool. They have the doppelgangers versions of the Funko Pops. They'll probably have the regular versions of the characters, but have the the doppelganger versions. Yeah, like Mustache Marshall. <laughs> yeah, I would assume they would do the other one first. Yeah. But I think they would just do like the regular ones first, and they'll have them like a prop or something. But that's kind of cool though. It'd be funny. If they, um, hopefully Funko, if you ever listen to this podcast, if you do like one of those slat sets, you know how they had like the collector sets. Have them with their booth. From McLaren's. That way you can set the Funko Pops on there. That'd be kind of hilarious. That'd be kind of hilarious. Yeah. Because they're always sitting at that booth, guys. Definitely check out How I Met Your Water. It's a good show. It sucks to end it so early. I just wish they could have done better with the, uh, the last season. I felt like they kind of rushed it. Yeah. Um, under that, I mean, that's my anime recommendation, guys. Um, I'm going to turn over to Biko. Um, we'll give his take on the rest of this episode. And then... We'll take a little break, and then we'll do um, our special tribute section after the break. So let's first turn over to Biko. Alright, so there's, I think I have two things from that. I saw. Oh, or maybe just one. God, I figured I have all of Well, it has to do with the Beirut explosion that recently happened. And I don't know why it won't load anymore, because it did not work. Come on. I had an article I was going to pull up from this. It just would load already. There you go. So, um, there's been a news report saying that the Beirut government was warned about the explosion of over the explosives in that port mm-hmm. that recently exploded two weeks before the blast. In a letter from a security official to the president, and the Prime Minister pleading they secure tons of ammonium nitrate in the port before it destroys the city. Which, 
resulted in the blast. So it's kind of like they they were warned that it could happen and based on how they were happened. like because of based on how they were storing it or no, it's just their whistleblowers are going public saying that they knew that it was that they were storing too much of this of ammonia nitrate, which could result in an explosion. And lo and behold, an explosion happened at that same port. So what I'm saying is they knew about it two weeks before this would happen, and they didn't do anything about it to find a different place to store it. They just kept it there. Yeah. And lo and behold, it destroyed the whole city and the government. The whole their whole government stepped down. And resigned from the position. Wow. Yeah, dude. So fucked up. Yeah, it's like, to me, it's like almost saying that, hey, don't put aluminum foil in the microwave. So fucked up. Because they, they knew, they they fucked up, they couldn't help these people, so they just all stepped down. And lo and behold, our president's just not doing anything about other shit, but here we are. Um, so that's kind of fucked up. Uh Considering it's just more bad news on top of what the explosion did, has done and how it's affected the people of Beirut. And it's very sad to see that, man, that your government and the officials who are supposed to serve the people there um, knew about this potential chemical disaster and look what happens. It's just something that could have been preventable or at least assessed or considered and they didn't. So it's just another sour note to hear and to read for the, the people there who have suffered already. It's kind of messed up. And then uh, as far as where our sufferings on the topic, uh, I found another article saying that millennials are slammed again by a second financial crisis, falling even further behind due to the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic of 2020. So generational talk speaking, it kind of sucks, yes. Uh, just more news, more things that baby boomers and people after that will not listen to as far as what millennials have to deal with. And mm-hmm. it's just sad that our economy is just kind of on a tsunami that people are waiting to see. It's, it may not affect your area, but it, it's slowly going to come. And it's just sad that it's just the... We might see a, a bigger a bigger economical disaster than the Great Depression. So... I think it's because, of course, okay. too, because, like I said, we were walking the mall yesterday, yeah, and you just could imagine, not many stores were open. Yeah, real, like, yeah. like, a lot of the small-time stores were not open, I don't know, because of spacing-wise, or maybe because of the fact that, you know, they're not backed by big corporations, they're able to be open. But it's like, it's like that's why it's kind of hurting small businesses, too. That's why it's kind of, the unemployment's going up, because sometimes, if they can't open... They have to be on unemployment. Like people have to be on unemployment. They gotta find some way to survive. They gotta financially. They gotta find some way to survive. Movie theaters are still open, even though apparently, speaking of theaters, it's like you know, Chinese theaters finally allowed Mulan to be streamed, like to be shown. But like think about China, they they're slowly coming back, and it's like, but here in the U.S., it's like the only thing that's driving right now when it comes to movies is drive-throughs, drive-ins. Like, Walmart is already looking into it as well. They might be hosting, like, drive-in events at their select stores just to help out. You know, it's like, because it makes sense doing a drive-in because of, you know, COVID and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, literally, shopping malls are basically, uh, it's not the same as it was before, even though shopping malls are becoming a thing of the past, but in COVID, you know, this thing kind of impacted a lot, especially, like I said, I went yesterday to Shine Mall, and luckily I went to certain stores. These are stores that I like to go to. At least they're open. They're thriving. Yeah. We're surprised that Sears is still going on. And we walked into Sears. 
They hardly had shit, dude. It's like... Because they had to sell off so much of their, you know, their brands just to survive from bankruptcy. I mean, they had to sell Craftsman off to Black & Decker. Land's End, they had to sell that brand off. They lost a good chunk of that. It's like... Because it's like that. And like I said, luckily, like, places like Hot Topic and Box Lunch and GameStop. They're at GameStop. They're, they're feeling financial trouble. Look at this. They got Reggie Fees Amine. A guy who pretty much was the president of Nintendo America for so many years. He's coming in to fill that void. And hopefully he could turn that business around. Because it's to the point that now, like, the gaming, the gaming industry is, like, certainly soon it's going to go to digital. It's going to be all digital now. And uh, one thing that I do like that um, one of the people I follow, Austin Creed, you know, Xavier Woods from WWE from the New Day. If you guys follow his Up Up Down Down channel. It's kind of cool because he did mention, like, you know, about the gaming industry going digital. It's like, yeah, it's cool that's going digital, but I still, I was able, it's good to have physical just to show your kids, you know, the, the struggle of getting, like, physical copies. Because he ended up getting, like, that entire Sega Saturn collection, the Dreamcast collection. There's a lot of gaming collectors out there, but look at, you know, people do that. You know, they go retro gaming shopping just to get, like, the, to collect the show, you know... How it was back then to, to show your kids, like, you know, this was gaming back then. But, of course, you got Atari. They're barely coming back and doing their, I'll say, like, their system. Their system was a combination of, like, a computers, like, almost like a Steam type of thing. So you could download, like, PC games into it. Yeah. And play, like, the old school Atari classics, which, you know, jumping on that. But it kind of, too, like, like I said, GameStop, they went through so many changes. And and if they get hit financially, you know, they say, oh... Because remember, they were conglomerate that got that bought you know electronic boutique and Babbage's. I remember Babbage's back in the day. Funkoland was a big chain, and you know they were trying to make it like an all-in-one stop for gaming. Yeah, it was cool because you know they were able to do pre-orders, and usually they were the, the king of getting exclusive stuff for pre-orders. But that all changed when companies like Walmart or Amazon. You know, even to the point now, digital now, it's like like you can get a lot of good sales on the digital stream versus going to an actual store. Because I became one of those people who just started, like, buying games digitally. I mean, I'll buy, I think the last physical game I ended up buying was Pokemon Shield mm. for the Switch because we went to um, the Street Play, which is a really cool secondhand shop, which is basically a secondhand shop, but they have really good prices and um, you get good deals on there. But it's like, yeah. I mean, that's another example of why we're struggling with yeah, because if those places cannot stay open, you know, or you know, other small businesses, it kind of hurts the economy a little bit because then, and of course, you know, with COVID and all, people are, you know, either they're afraid to go out and they rather stay home because they have the convenience of an Amazon or any other retail store to have online shopping available. They can just stay home and let the stuff come to them. And you can use us too because we're the same way as well. But it's like, yeah. And then I, I understand they were, they've been trying to push, you know, through the second stimulus check and, you know, loan forgiveness for college students. It's like, you know, how you expect them to pay off of that but not everything's open? And then everything is open and then you expect these kids to pay everything off. So it's funny how, like you said, Biko, like the boomers stuff, they, they don't get it. Honestly, they don't get it. You Honestly, they think all people are coming. They did after the war was over, but honestly... It was to a point that you thought, oh, the next generation was going to take care of you guys. Mm-hmm. But times have changed, everybody. Times have changed. It's not the American dream anymore. It's like... Never existed. 
It never existed. It was just a fantasy because honestly, it's like pretty much you got to work hard for it. Luckily, we had dad. We have a dad that taught us. You know, you got to work for it to earn it. Yeah, you got this stuff that you don't like to do, but hey, you do it for the fact that you're able to earn a living and able to support yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, that's my sense about it. But Biko, anything else that you saw that? Wanted to bring up besides that, or was there anything more into that article about the millennials? No, it's just just more crap saying that um, screw it as a generation, just because everything's gonna collapse again. Housing is only gonna get worse because the the crash is gonna happen, so it's gonna be a sellers or uh, I wanted to say a buyers market as opposed to sellers because people are gonna start getting rid of it, or a lot of foreclosures are gonna happen. You know, with rent evictions and. People, people just not even paying and just up and leaving their places of, of their apartments and whatnot, you know, so things are pretty tough out there. It's just may not, if you, you may not see the impact in your neighborhood, depending on, you know, where you live, but it just, it slowly but surely, it's only going to get worse so it, the more and more the government installs. And so it just, it's kind of saying that the millennials are getting the short end of the stick. It's just kind of contributing to that fact. Um, that a lot of people don't want to notice or don't want to pay atten- too much attention to. Um, but I do have the life pro tip I wanted to share. Okay. Uh, oh, well, I have a little news before that, but it's it's quick. It's just Dr. Pepper, <laughs> big fans of soda. Uh, Dr. Pepper, popular soda brand, if you're not, not aware. Uh, pretty big. Little sweet. But they um, confirmed that they have a soda shortage happening because of COVID, the COVID pandemic happening right now. Um, sadly, due to just lack of distribution resources in certain regions of the of the United States and North America, so man, considering they're trying to hire, but I guess if they're not able to maintain the facilities because they don't have enough personnel to maintain it um, and to sanitize it, and so they have to like they have to keep distribution centers closed or working at twenty five percent capacity. <laughs> Which doesn't help them with their orders fast enough, so they just have to like they just keep them closed. That's very sad. Those people not <clears throat> excuse me. Those people not working. Those people, you know, that have to feed their families and support themselves. So it's kind of sad, you know. And it's Dr Pepper, so you know they're not. Just, Dude, I love that soda. Dude. They're not just like uh, you know your mom and pop soda. They're pretty big. I mean, they're everywhere. So it's kind of a hit, um, especially for fans of Dr Pepper out there. Uh, I- but that's one of my little things besides that. Um, but yeah, soda shortage. Holy shit. Just like coins. Thing, you know? Um, but soda suits. Another thing that COVID is affecting. Um, even the soda game. Dude, I love Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Man, I remember when our, me, our, our housemate Mondo, dude, we got you that little sweet promotion. We got the little sweet Funko Pop. Uh, the little sweet. Taste of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Um... All right, Biko, you, you say you got a life tip for us, guys, for today, for this week? Yeah, my life pro tip uh, for the week, it says, uh, if for people who are going for jobs. So no matter how desperate you are for a job, in interviews, always act like they're the ones who need you and not the other way around. Excellent communication skills and attire will go a long way in increasing your chances, even more than technical skills in some cases. And then confidence is king. Remember that. So just be confident in interviews and act and own that space, you know, act like, exactly, I like this advice, you know, 
Because that's how I pursue interviews. I just kind of just, I have, to, I have to act like I'm interviewing them. So it's mm -hmm. more or less like I hear them out, see if it's good for you. Most of the time, if I'm already interviewing for it, I've already had some sort of interest and you just talk about it, even if it's surface area. Um, another thing I'd add is just go research the company you're, you're interviewing for. That way you don't sound dumb when they ask, because they're going to ask you, so why us? You know, they always ask. And you want to sound like as if you're applying to your favorite college. You know, oh, you know, I've been a big Notre Dame fan forever. It's like, oh, I've been a big Adidas fan forever. You know, three stripes for life. That's my that's my motto. I have a tattoo to my ankle. You know, like it's fucking. You know, just <laughs> act like you you want to be there and be a positive benefit for them. That's just kiss their ass essentially. Even if it's like not your top three job, but you know. At least the pay is decent to what you're looking for, but it's not your favorite spot you want to work at. You know, give it a shot. Sometimes you just hear an interview out just in case you have a backup um, if you do get that interview you're looking for. Um, but this is sound advice. I like this one. Um, but yeah, be confident in interviews. Act like you're in the room. Um, act like you're a boss because they're going to ask you and just kind of have your three main points of who you are and what you're looking for because that's what they ask. You know? So just you know, be yourself state what you're motivated by and just be confident in who you are bring them skills uh but this is good especially for now that people are looking for jobs uh you're looking for work during this pandemic shit it's, it's tough out there but yeah i like this one all right guys we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break um for our dynamic ad break and then um when we come back um we'll have more of talk and pop and the second week of random trivia so don't go away Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popsternot logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Hey guys, and welcome back to Talking Pop. Um, we wanted to recognize that, you know, it's the sixth year anniversary of the death of Rob Williams. You know, Rob Williams, you know, great comedian, great movie actor, you know, funny as hell, voice actor, you know, known for his roles. You know, he was a stand-up comedian. Um, got his big break on the show Mork and Mindy. And then he did, like, stand-up specials, um, done films. He did everything from, like, comedy to drama to, like, playing, like, thrillers as well. Um, um, and, of course, he's known for voice acting as well, especially, you know, his role as the genie in Aladdin, you know, and for Disney. And, of course, uh, the film Robots <laughs> from Fox. So, pretty much, you know... And then, of course, you know, his daughter, Zelda Williams, you know, she decided to take a, a break from social media yesterday for today, you know, in respect to her dad. She wanted to take a break a little bit today, you know, so she can honor her dad, um, you know, 
time to reflect. Um, before that, um, I just came across this article because I just it just hit me. You know, six years. Apparently, um, Eric Trump, Donald Trump's um, son, decided to use a clip of Robin Williams. I guess from a joke from one of his specials as a form of to use for a political campaign. And kind of Williams kind of blasted him on Twitter. According to USA Today, um, there's this uh, pretty much. This article was written August 10th. Mm-hmm. It says here, the actress took their one took Twitter one day to hit back at Eric Trump after President Donald Trump's son shared a video of her late father who died nearly six years ago on August 11, 2014. Eric Trump's resurfaced a 2009 clip of Will Ron Williams mocking then Vice President Joe Biden, who is now the presumptive Democratic presidential nominee, set to run against Trump in the 2020 election. And this is what Romney said from that from that special. We still have great coming out there. There's always rambling. Joe Biden, Fetter Sinclair. Um, Joe is like your uncle who is on that new drug and doesn't have the dosage right. <laughs> and of course, one day ahead, other dabs out when he's chastised their Trump using little clips of the star to further your political agenda. Mm. While we are reminiscing, this is what she wrote, she tweeted. While we were reminiscing to further your political agenda, you should look up what he said about your dad. She tweeted, I did. Promise you, it's much more savage. During the 2012 stand-up, Ron Williams um, called Donald Trump a scary man while poking fun of his hair. I believe the hair is the Donald. His inappropriate comments about daughter uh, Ivanka Trump. This is a man who said my daughter's hot. Even people in Arkansas went, "That's wrong." Went, "That's wrong." And Trump, its previous ownership of the Miss Universe beauty pageants, isn't that a bit like a Michael Vick owning a series of pet stores? Ah, <laughs> uh, Ron Williams, man. And that's kind of cool. They have a link to like the movies. Like, you know, so if you want to honor Robin Williams in a way, um, well, well, we'll, well, we'll talk about Robin Williams for a little bit just uh, just before we get into a trivia thing. Um, what can you remember? What's your favorite Bob Williams film or his work that you you know that stood out to your mind? I just remember mm-hmm. every comedian. Shit. Um, or like memories or something when you first noticed him or something. I don't know. I, I do like him in, uh, in Aladdin. I think I like him a lot as Genie. That might be my favorite character he's ever played. Um, and Patch Adams is nice. He's pretty funny in that for being like kind of a melodramatic comedy. Like, it's kind of serious at times, but it's pretty good. He does a good job being that, you know, happy-go-lucky doctor and such a solemn stuff. Um, and, and I couldn't think of anybody else to play him, to be honest. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, yeah, Aladdin's probably my favorite, just because, like, I can't think of him, anybody else, playing a genie, even with this live-action one, I, I just, he is the voice of that genie, it just makes sense, you know, I can't see it in the way, and it's sad that he had to go so early, but, um, at the same time, it makes sense, like, for whatever he was going through, a lot of pain, and, uh, medically, too, so, I like he always had good roles that or Mrs. Doubtfire too man, oh yeah excellent in mm-hmm. that too I think I would put that oh, up, like maybe at the same level as the genie so live action Mrs. Doubtfire for sure is a good one um and then the genie is animated because he was excellent 
Yeah, um, and like I said, and, and it sucks, you know, because, you know, he's funny guy on stream, but like I said, he went through a lot of problems behind the camera, and mm -hmm. it kind of sucks that I wish he would have had more emotional support to help him through this crisis, but like I said, it, you know, being a celebrity is tough, you know, like, yeah, they have to put on a face, you know, they say, oh, you gotta put on certain faces when you're on public, you gotta act this way, or you're a different person when you're home. Um, and I, like, when did, like, when she tweeted yesterday that she was going to take a break today to pretty much reflect on her, you know, her dad, and, you know, she posted, like, a lot of, like, you know, um, couple, like, you know, charities are helping with suicide prevention, like, hotlines and stuff, you need someone to talk to for counseling and stuff, helping go through any crisis you're having, she posted stuff like that, and it's like, you know, and she was named after, you know, his favorite video game was Legend of Zelda, that's why she, he, he named her... For that and my memory of Robin Williams you know you know you say you mentioned you know Mrs. Doubtfire and online and you know my first you know my first iteration of Robin Williams was when I first saw him was before you know Aladdin before you know Mrs. Doubtfire Father's Day Dead Poet Society you know Flubber um, I saw him when he did these segments on uh, Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. He did these guest spots on Sesame Street where Sesame Street brought in, like, celebrities to do these segments and they interact with the Muppets. And I remember one he did with Elmo when they talk about... It was a one... Oh, my God. It's the one clip that I... You can probably find it on YouTube or maybe it's under... I think Sesame Street did, like, a little... When Robin's passed, Robin Williams passed away, they did, like, a special tribute video montage of all the times he guest starred on there. And the one thing he did was with Elmo, where Elmo's like, that's just a stick. And then Bob Williams started doing, like, oh, there's so much things you can do. Like, use your power of imagination. He started, you know, playing, oh, you can pretend like you're, it's a conductor. You're conducting a band or you're playing baseball. He started shouting, like, you're playing baseball. And that's one of the things he did. He, he did a lot of segments on there. Um, to me, um, like Yubiko, I do love his performance in Aladdin because he brought a lot of himself into the character, the genie. If you think about it, if you watch that genie in that movie, it's basically you're watching Robin Williams. Because able to because to the point they said that he he pretty much ad-libbed a lot of the lines and he kept pretty much kept the voice directors and the writers like laughing because he did a lot of apparently they claimed that they have hours of footage because sometimes he went off script and started like adding stuff and on to the scenes. Like doing the impersonations of Jack Nicholson and, like, able to change his voice on the pitch and stuff. And it's like, um, even with that, they even brought him back to do the third Aladdin film. That was great, too. They brought him back to do the third one. Mm -hmm. um, to come back and, you know, like, they showed up. And then, like, for me, for when it comes to live action, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire's one of the films I enjoyed, you know, Dead Poets Society, when he was the professor, when he was the teacher at the boys' uh, private school. Um, that was my favorite. Um, what was that one he did? Oh, yeah, the post that is a good one. That post I'm good with hunting. That was so good for me. Oh, the yeah, guy was good Father's Day was another one. Um, my favorite film for him is Jack. Now, well, uh, that's my favorite. Like, I will say, that's number one for me when it comes to Rob Williams' film Jack. Because that one hit me hard in theaters because it's like, what if somebody had it? Like, portraying, you know, somebody who was born with a pituitary gland that advances the body's age. Yeah, that's pretty rough. And him to get in that role and be like acting like a ten year old kid, but he did a phenomenal job. He was surrounded by a great cast, and it 
they used to, and like there were times it was funny, but sometimes there was times when it made you cry. But I would say that film to me is one of the top films. Besides, that to me would be my number one. Number two would be This Is Now Fire. Number three would be Dead Poets Society. Four will be you know Aladdin. And I would say number five will be Good with Hunting. Do we keep forgetting he was in that film as well? Yeah. But he's got so much films and stuff. Like Work and Mindy, if you want to watch live as early work, watch Work and Mindy. Or if you able to have an opportunity, who knows? Maybe you'll find it on YouTube. Check out his comedy specials. Because that's where he started. He started as a stand-up comedian. And he just got attention from everybody. Like he got attention from his TV studios. But he's funny as hell. But definitely, you know, Rob Williams, you know, you know, he always he left a great legacy in the, in the comedy world. We miss you, bud. I wish you were with us. But I know that your legacy is going to be in good hands. Your daughter looks like she's working on her own acting-wise. She's doing great. Um, she'll carry on your legacy, but we do miss you, guys. We do miss you, Robin. And make sure, if you guys are feeling depressed, make sure, you know, get some counseling. Because honestly, there's, um, that's something that, you know, depression is not, you know, something to get over it. You know, people get depressed, but it happens. You know, they get hit hard. But... You know, like I said, take, get help, you know, talk to people, you know, talking is a gateway to help, you know, but like I said, Ron Williams, if you guys have a favorite, um, Ron Williams film that you feel that you guys want to mention, you can tweet us at, at pop talking on our Twitter. Just tell us what your favorite Ron Williams movie is. Mm. So without further ado, um, we're going to close out this episode with random trivia. So, last week I quizzed Biko. This week he's going to quiz me. So, go ahead, Biko, and fire up the questions. I'm going to close my tablet. I'm going to... So, I'm not going to cheat. And look, Google. As you can hear, I slammed my thing shut. Sorry, it was a lot. Yeah, so, it's uh, six questions. Okay. It's going to be everything, all right? So, okay. you're going you, to pick on everything? Yeah, it's just going to be everything. Shit. Right. So, the first category is going to be science. Ooh. Good. See, let me just get familiar how to use this. Alright, so the question is what lizard could be 10 feet long? What lizard could be 10 feet long? Yeah. Uh, Komodo dragon? Oh, what the hell? Oh, never mind. It just changed on me. Oh, so okay, never mind. Okay. Well, that's a bad question, anyways. Let me just refresh this because I just figured out how to get the answer because it just gave me a different question, but it's cool. Alright, so let's do it again. Okay. Da -da -da. Special thanks to RamGenerator.com, dude. That oh, is yeah, so RamGenerator.com, guys, if you don't know, shut up. Um, what biblical figure spent three days and nights in the stomach of a whale before being spit out? I believe that is Jonah. Ding, 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 ding. Jonah is correct. All right. So this is for geography. Mm. What is the only nation that borders both Uruguay and Venezuela? The only nation in Uruguay and Venezuela. That, that borders both Uruguay and Venezuela. Hmm. Would that be Basil? Fuck. Yes, it's correct. Holy shit. Yeah, Alright. Okay. So he's two for two so far, guys. Ooh. Uh, history. So oh, who was the first documented user of an alarm clock? Fudge. Documented... Can I get any hints? Uh, uh, I mean, he's from history. Uh, he's kind of far back there. 
Some say he's philosophical. Um, mm. big, you know, big thinker kind of type. Socrates? No. Give me another shot. Okay. He says a ph- philosophical, you said, right? But it's just a regular alarm clock. It's not electronic or anything, right? Yeah, it's just this first document to use an alarm clock. So that Ar- can mean anything. Uh, Archimedes? Nope. Damn. Aristotle? No. Then it's going to be Plato. Dang it! I was gonna go. That was like my next guess was gonna be Plato. Dang it! So that was on history. So this is science. Another science. Okay, science. Okay. What plant does the vanilla bean come from? Oh, oh my god! Mm. Vanilla bean came from. So it doesn't have the word vanilla in it, right? No. Nope. Okay. So what plant? Mm. Oh my god. I. It's gonna be least than what you expect. That's for sure. Really? Because you and I wouldn't guess this. Yeah, so I wouldn't play. I'm not gonna probably get it, no. I mean, the orchid. Really? An orchid? Yep. Hmm. That is interesting. Alright, this is an easy one. Alright, I'm sure you'll get this one. But what is tattooed on Popeye's arm? Anchors. Easy. Correct. And I have no idea what this stuff is, so I'm going to try it. Alright, this is under the general category, but I might give you a different one because I don't. Eh, I'm going to give you a different question. Okay. Alright, um. Let's see. What band's 2005 split led to the creation of Plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves? What band? What what band's 2005 split led to the creation of Plus 44 and Angels and Airwaves? Um, Blake 182. Correct. All right, so this is the last one. Okay. Let's see. Um, what profession did George Costanza often pretend to be in the sitcom Seinfeld? Owner of the Yankees. Uh, no, that's incorrect. What? What? It's architect. He pretends to be an architect. Dude, I gotta watch Seinfeld. Yeah, I haven't so, watched I gotta watch it, yeah. Uh, so if you guys aren't familiar with Seinfeld, I suggest you watch it. I think it's on Hulu still. Yeah, I think it's supposed to go to Netflix soon. Or it goes on HBO Max, but yeah. No, I think it's supposed to go to Netflix. Oh, it is soon? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, well, damn, I have to watch some yeah. Seinfeld. Oh, so you just have to be an architect. That's... Yeah, I guess so. I don't remember that much to, for it to be like, oh, yeah, sure. I would have got that, but no, that's, a, yeah. I mean, if you watched it enough, maybe I would, I would have, but yeah, I would have guessed the same thing you did. Owner of the Yankees, right? I would have. Because he worked for them. He yeah, worked for, like, the front office. All the time, so it makes sense. I would thought he would be, like, Steinberg or something, like a relation to yeah, Steinberg right. or something. So, yeah. well, that's, that was great, dude. That, that's something that, you know, I did not know Plato was the first person with the log clock. That's kind of new to me. That's interesting. So yeah, guys, hopefully um, you enjoyed this uh, session of Random Trivia. Like I said, big shout-out to randomtriviagenerator.com. And this is our second week doing it. So if you guys are enjoying it as well, we'll keep going through it. Uh, we do, before we go, we do want to do a big shout-out to our listeners out in the U.S., out in the Philippines, out in India, out in Germany, also Peru. And, of course, a big shout-out to our listenership in Ireland. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Um, that will do it for this week. 
Like I said, you can check out a backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, and now we're also on iHeartRadio. So you can check us out on there as well. Um, like I said, you can support the podcast here through our Patreon, even on the support page on the Anchor page as well. Like I said, for Patreon, it's just as little as two bucks, guys, two bucks a month. And all the proceeds go to support the podcast. Um, we got merch. So you got like t-shirts, we got tank tops, we got hoodies for the fall when that comes up. We got coffee mugs. You can go to teespring.com slash store slash talk and pop. We got merch on there. I am currently going to design new logos. I found a logo creator tool, so I'm going to start working with that. Probably do a Biko shirt, a Fonchai shirt. You can do a, a straight up just a pop or not. Uh, again, probably do a, a character shirt of it. Um, you can catch our Facebook page at Facebook page at facebook.com slash talk and pop. We'll post links to the episodes. And if you guys want to chime in, if you have guys have suggestions or questions for us on there as well, our Twitter is at pop talking, all one word. Um, you can tweet us on there as well. We do we do links to the episodes. I am on Twitch, guys. I'm on twitch.tv slash franchise685. I'm a casual gamer, so I do a lot. I don't game all the time, once in a while. Um, today I just did, like, first I did two streams back-to-back, back-to-back days. Um, I did the, the first playthrough of Call of Cthulhu. And today I did um, a playthrough of Sakura Wars. Today I did Chapter 2. I finished Chapter 2 of Sakura Wars. Um... If you guys enjoy JRPGs, story-driven games, who knows? Man, I'll jump on the craze like everybody else, be like a sheep, and join, you know, Fall Guys. I need to get a good team, so I think we could do squad base. Or maybe I'll do solo for right now. Maybe if I knew a few people, maybe I'll do a squad base. So, like I said, you want to support me on Twitch? Twitch.tv slash Fonchise685. My social on Twitter is at the Fonchise85. If you want to, I'll say, hey, you know. Um, that's it for you guys this week. Um, like I said... As long as stuff's happening in pop culture, we'll be there to talk about it. As for the franchise, geek on, take care, stay safe, wash your hands, and Black Lives Matter.